0: All of us have made bad choices in the past. How many of you would agree with that statement? Yeah, just wait, just leave the hands up. Some of the people are doing double hands, you know. Look around, look around. We're in good company. All of us have made bad choices in the past. Maybe we could say all of us have made bad choices this week even, maybe, possibly, right? It's true. All of us have made bad choices in the past that have affected our lives and the lives of those around us. And I think it's safe to say, if possible, most of us wish we could go back and change those. You agree with me on that? Yeah, I, I think there's enough regret, enough remorse that, that we, we could just go back and just, just change some things we wish we could. But because we can't, we, we face regret. We face shame. We face remorse. And, and those feelings... Um, cause us to feel inferior or, or insecure or uncertain in life at times. But it's not just the today that is affected by our past. Our choices have a long-lasting impact on our lives. So on the, fill in the blank on the, t- the top of the outline that you have in your brochure. Would you get this down? Our yesterday affects how we think about our tomorrow. Our yesterday affects how we think about our tomorrow. Come on, say it with me. Our yesterday affects how we think about our tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's true. Our yesterday creates a paradigm through which we see life. We become jaded by our yesterday. We, we have a filter, a lens that is created by our yesterday, a framework through which we view and approach tomorrow. Our yesterday truly affects how we think about our tomorrow. I'm sure Moses would want to change some things if he had the opportunity to to go back in time. Things from his past. In the text that we're looking at today as we continue our series, Moses' life was hugely affected by a choice that he made 40 years ago. Kind of interesting that it lays out this week of all of the stuff that's been going on in our world this week, right? A choice that was made 40 years ago has affected Moses' life to the point where he doesn't know what he wants to do tomorrow. And even though he's been born a Hebrew slave, Moses grew up in a royal family of Pharaoh. Pharaoh's daughter adopted him when she found him floating in the water, um, but never lost sight. You can read this story in Exodus 2, but Moses never lost sight of the fact that he was um, uh, ethnically, uh, ethnically a Hebrew. He grew up as a Hebrew, not necessarily in a home of a Hebrew, but he grew up knowing and never lost sight of who he was. And so one day he went out and he saw the working conditions of the Hebrews and how the Egyptians were treating them poorly. It was really bad to the point where it bothered him so much. This internal conflict became so overwhelming in him that one day, as he walked through the massive building projects that were taking place, he saw an Egyptian slave driver, taskmaster, beating a Hebrew slave, and Moses just snapped. He snapped. He defended the Hebrew. He killed the Egyptian. In fact, the scriptures say that he looked this way and looked that to see if no one was looking, and he buried the body in the sand. Hmm. The Hebrews mocked him for this, the Egyptians hunted him down as a fugitive. Moses tried to do what he thought God wanted him to do, but he made a mess of things because he did it too early. He did it outside of God's timing. And so consequently, his actions caused him to run for his life. And so he ended up on the backside of the nowhere in the desert for 40 years there. But actually, this is exactly where God wanted him to be. And what we've learned throughout this series Is that God does everything through process? Can you say that with me? God does everything through process. Turn to the person next to you and tell them this God does everything through process. He does. The the change that God brings in our lives, it's never overnight, it never happens as fast as we want it to happen. It's always through a process. It's always over time. You will never become the person God wants you to be unless you go through his process. And many times it's a long process. And so one day we read in Exodus 3.1, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And I just want you to get in your mind, Moses is just doing his job. He's just getting up on Monday morning or Tuesday morning or whatever, just one day. He's just getting up and he's going to work and he's tending the flock. He's a shepherd. He's in charge of the sheep of his father-in-law. He's taking care of these sheep. He's just doing his job and something happens. Look at verse two. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. I want you to circle the word bush on your outline. Would you do that? Circle that word. It's an interesting word. In the original Hebrew, if you don't know, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, and then it's translated and transliterated really for us so we can understand it in English. But this, this word bush in the original Hebrew means bush, shrub, in fact, it means thorny shrub. <laughs> kind of like this one that we got up here. Just so you know, when we were moving this in, and you probably saw on Facebook, Brooke was posting some stuff. We got this on the side of the road on Genesee Avenue, heading north, okay? And just kind of pulled it off the hillside. It's like, it's a tumbleweed kind of. But I just, I want to warn you, if you, if, if you touch these things right here, um, you will itch for days, and I know that for a fact, because we did. So, so don't, don't come anywhere near that, like, I'm right now, I'm just, like, waving my hand. I'm, like, I'm making sure that I'm high above this thing, because we will itch, instantly itch for days. This is the kind of thorny shrub, just a little bitty shrub, just like any other shrub, just a little bush. Nothing in particular, nothing special. In fact, even the bush being on fire wasn't anything special, Spontaneous combustion happens in the desert all the time. And so this was nothing special. This bush being on fire was nothing special. But what caught Moses' attention is that the bush didn't burn up. Hey, wait, this, this thing's not burning. I mean, how long did he stand there watching? That was my question. <laughs> did it, like, was it hours? Did, did, he, did he just keep staring in amazement? Hey, that thing is not burning up. Wow. He says, verse three, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. So, the, the thing that I thought about this week is fire, and we know this to be true fire is simultaneously both inviting and terrifying. I mean, think about it. If you're ever around a fireplace, if you're ever around a bonfire, a campfire, it's something about it just draws you in, doesn't it? It's like a bug to the light, right? I mean, it just, it's, it's so amazing. But then at the same time, there's a terrifying level to it because we know that if we touch it, what happens? We get burned. And so God introduces himself to Moses in this way. This, this inviting yet terrifying approach. Fire. Fire says, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look. Don't miss that. When God saw Moses coming, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses replied, here I am. Say those three words with me. Here I am. So, so God calls you from, from the middle of this bush, bush and, and, he, and he calls you. By name. I mean, think about, here's a guy that has been in the backside of the desert, the backside of nowhere, for 40 years. He he thought that God was gonna use him in a big way and he got ahead of God's timing and he ran for his life and now 40 years later, God speaks to him through a bush. There's no record, no indicator that God had said anything to Moses up to this point. But on this day, when Moses came closer to what God was doing, God spoke to him. God continues, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. He instructs him to remove his sandals from his feet. Now we know this is a gesture in an ancient practice when entering a holy place. This, this ordinary place has become holy because God is there. This is holy ground, what we would say, because God is there. His, his presence, the presence of a holy God is there. But I think there's more to this. I think God is saying, remove your sandals. I mean, think for a moment. Moses had taken steps on his own. He had ran at his own pace, ran at his own speed, ran in his own direction, and look at where it took him, look at where it got him on the backside of nowhere. It's interesting, Proverbs 14 says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, that ends in death. And the Lord says, Psalm 32, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. See, I think God was also telling Moses, not just that this is holy ground, but I think he was telling Moses, quit running. Take off your shoes. Don't don't take any more steps. Don't move any more. Separate yourself from the steps that you've already taken. God was saying, stop doing life your way. Do it my way. But I think there's even more to this. I mean, we know in our culture and cultures today that taking off your shoes is a gesture in many um, cultures associated with entering a home. Some of you may do that. When you enter someone's home, you take off your shoes. I was, as a kid, I always, I wasn't raised in a family like that. I always used to think that they were just trying to keep the carpet clean. You know what I'm saying? But, but they, you know, some cultures do that. They take off their shoes as they're entering a home. And here's the interesting thing is from last week's study, if you, if you didn't hear it, go on the podcast. Last week, we talked about how Moses named his firstborn son. How Moses felt that he was a stranger in a foreign land. He had no home. I mean, think about it. He had no home. He, he had no home with the Hebrews, they mocked him. He had no home with the Egyptians, they were hunting him down. He had to run to the desert. He didn't know these people that he met. He had no home. Because of all of these events, Moses didn't have a home. But I think God was telling Moses, your home is with me. Take off your shoes. Get comfortable. You're at home with me. And so God reintroduces himself Verse six, God says, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. God is saying, hey, remember me? I'm the one who called you years ago. I'm the one who had a big plan for your life. I had a purpose for your life. I'm the one, remember me? I told you that you would lead my people. I wanted to use you in a big way as a leader. Remember me? I'm the same God. But Moses covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. See, last time he had served God, he failed. Moses thought he'd never hear from God again after all he did. The farthest thing from his mind was hearing from God about this leading thing. God's never going to use me. I blew it the first time. Why would he use me again? Some of us today, I think, are convinced that because of our past, we will never be used by God or we will be used in a very limited way by God because of our past. And God comes into the picture and he says, no, this isn't true. Remember me? I'm here again and I'm here to talk about what I'm calling you to do. God says to him, I have seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, look at this. I am, what's that word? Aware of their suffering. Oh, man, that's, that's so good. That God is aware. I mean, maybe we need to take that as a personal word to us today that God is aware of your suffering. He's not blind. He knows what's going on in your life. He sees you. He knows. And just, maybe, maybe just those words right there, we just need to take those home today. Let them kind of soak into our soul. That nothing speaks the heart of God. Like these words, nothing shows the heart of God like these words for his people. I have seen, I have heard, I'm aware. God says, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land the cry of the people of Israel have reached me and i have seen how harshly the egyptians abuse them now go for i am sending you to pharaoh you must lead my people what do you think went through his mind when he heard the word you I mean, come on, let's just, let's put ourselves in, I was gonna say his shoes, but his shoes are off now. So let's just put ourselves in his feet. I wanna send you. God, you can't can't possibly mean me. I'm the one who blows the assignments. I'm the one Who fails? I'm pretty sure that Moses is dismissing this idea entirely, but God says to Moses, Oh, no, no, no. I haven't forgotten about you. I want to use you. There's two things here that I want us to take home today. Get this one down. God wants to use me despite my past. God wants to use me despite my past. God has a plan for my life despite my past. God has a purpose for my life despite my past. He wants to use me despite my past. And Moses protests to God. He says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out? Do you notice the focus? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I to do these things, God? You know me. You know what I've done in my past? Do you see how our yesterday affects our tomorrow? Moses is like, Who am I? I blew it the first time. You called me. Yeah, you called me, but I blew it, and then I had to run for my life, and now it's 40 years later. I'm, I'm old. Who am I that you would call me to do this again? Moses thought he wasn't ready. He thought he wasn't the right person. But here's the, the interesting thing on this, is Moses is focused on one thing. Who am, help me out, who am I? He's focused on himself. Don't miss this. He's focused on himself. He's not hearing what God is saying, because if you would back up and look at the verses where God has already spoken, he, he was saying, I will rescue. I will come down. See, Moses was missing God's plan. He didn't hear what God was saying. All he had to do was be in the right place at the right time and watch God do his work. God tells Moses, It has nothing to do with you. (laughs) You are no one special on your own, kind of like the bush. Just like any other bush, any other person on their own. You're you're no one special, but you're chosen. Friends, when God lights up a bush, when God lights up a person with his fire, he or she becomes something, someone that God uses. God said. Don't miss these five words right here. This is huge. God says, I will be with you. And this is your sign. That I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God At this very mountain. God tells Moses, I'm going to prove to you that I'm in this, that I'm calling you, that I am with you because you will bring the people back to this very spot and you will worship me again and you will know that I'm God. That's not the best part though. The best part is in those first five words. I will be with you. Get this down, God wants to be with me despite my past. God is fully aware of what I have done in the past, and yet he's not ashamed of me. He's not embarrassed of me. He's not afraid to be associated with me. God realizes my failures, but he still has a plan for my life. God knows what I did, but he still wants to be with me. He still wants to be with you. Despite what we have done, despite where we are, despite our past, despite our weaknesses, our sin, our disappointment, our disobedience, God wants to be with us. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with me. He chooses that. Some of you today, you you need to hear a passage that, that I feel like God has spoken to me every day since I have been at this church, which is 26 years. This passage, was I felt like God spoke it to me even before we came here. And every day, I am reminded of this passage. I feel like God speaks it to me, and you need to hear it today. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you. He's with you. Matthew tells us that Jesus came to show that God is with us. Matthew 1, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, what is this? God is with us. Describing Jesus, John wrote this. The word was with God and the word was God. The word became human, became flesh and made his home among us. And John 1, if you continue reading, it, he says this is the son of God that I'm talking about, Jesus. Just before Jesus left planet earth, look at what he says to his followers. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. Wait, and be sure of this. Come on, read it with me. I am with you always. Friends, God wants you to know something today. I didn't know who was going to be here today, but he did. And somebody in this room needs to know that God is with you. Despite your past, he wants to be with you. He wants you to know that he wants to be with you. If you've never seen this movie, The Prince of Egypt, it's a DreamWorks film Animated film, I believe a fantastic view of Moses. If you've never seen it, you need to see it. I got a copy you could borrow if you want to. Um, and, and I thought it would be a cool thing to do is just for us to see a clip of this encounter. And, I, and we don't know how it really went down. We're just reading text, words on a page. But I like this version because it, it gives us a visual of what it was like. So let's take a look at it and then we'll come back and we'll pray together. So God calls us by name. God isn't done with you. God says, I want to use you. I will be with you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to use you despite your past. He wants to be with you despite your past. Would you bow your heads with me? In the quietness of this moment, I've sensed all week that God is going to speak directly to some people today. And he has wanted to use you but you're afraid. He's wanted to use you but you don't know how. He wants you to know that He's with you. Right where you are. He's with you. You say, Bart, God is speaking to my heart today. And I know that He is calling my name again. And I want to say back to him, here I am. Here I am, God. I'm willing. Here I am, God. I don't know what this is going to do. I don't know where this is going to take me. I don't know what you want to do in my life. But here I am. With no one looking around, if that's you today, I want you to stand to your feet. Say, God, here I am. This is me. Here I am. You're calling my name. Here I am. Come on, if that's you today, if God is speaking to you, take a stand.